Time now for the Redbird Report podcast with the TV voice of the cards, Danny Mack, and Cards World Series champion Brad Thompson on 101 ESPN. Opening day has come and gone. This is our podcast on 101 ESPN. I'm Dan McLaughlin. Brad Thompson is alongside, and uh, the Cardinals win it yesterday by the score of 9 to nothing over the Pirates. They jump out early. And that's all that Adam Wainwright needed is he was very good in his start. Bullpen was good. Tyler O'Neill was great. And it added up to a Cardinal win. But there's so much to get into. Brad, uh, good morning to you. And uh, pretty exciting day to say that uh, the Cardinals win the home opener. We weren't sure what it was going to be like. We knew it would be special. And uh, it lived up to the billing, didn't it? It was fantastic, man. And like you said, I don't even know where to start on this day. I want, I want to start with this, though, with you, Dan. How many opening days has this been for you as a broadcaster? Uh, 25. Yeah. Goodness gracious. 25. So, I mean, you have, you've probably you got so many opening day memories. And I, I know that we say this, but I, I think that it tends to be cliche. It's like, oh, hey, opening day is so special here. I, I, I watched the ceremony today, and I, like, I felt myself, and maybe I'm getting soft in my old age, Dan, but I found myself like, like almost getting like sentimental many times during it. How did this one compare to some of the ones in the past? Same for me. Uh, sentimental, for sure. Um, I thought it was ri- – the, the one thing that was so unique for me was, well, first of all, you had 16 Hall of Famers, which was cool. You know, obviously, that that's very cool. But what really stood out to me, and I talked to some people in the Cardinals front office and, and, and behind the scenes that put on a lot of the, the presentations – the thing that stood out to me was Yadi Wayno um, and, and Albert all getting introduced coming off the bench and uh, out of the dugout. And so, as you all know, I mean, if you're the starting pitcher, you're down in that that uh, bullpen getting loose, getting warm, getting ready for your game. Um, and sometimes that can backfire. I, I equate it to like senior night in basketball, where sometimes on senior night they have those guys come out and by no means am I saying senior night compared to Albert Wayno and Yachty's. So just understand. same thing. Yep. Right. I got it. I got it. Okay. Thanks. But what I mean is sometimes they like to do that stuff after the game because then the emotions can come pouring out, win, lose, or draw. And uh, I, I just thought by them doing it that way, it was special. So my understanding is they went to. Um, to Wayno and Yachty and said, look, man, you've never had, Yachty's never had his day in the sun, so to speak, to be introduced like this, and we want to do it. And not that they were begrudgingly going to do it, but they kind of thought about it, and then they both were like, yeah, let's let's do this. Let, let's, let's make sure we do this right. And uh, also the other thing is, and I bet we're going to have a lot of video come out of it, but they there is a couple of different people that have unfettered uh, access to the clubhouse, and Yachty, and, and they're filming what's going on right now with Albert, Yachty, Wayno. if this truly is it. So it's going to be a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. And my understanding was, like, they were told, uh, or I was told that they were just sitting there, like, watching the presentation of what was going on and were just blown away. So for me, Brad, to answer your question, I know I'm going around about here, but that's what stood out. Like, seeing that and seeing the emotion pour out from them and their fan- and the fans – uh, I thought that was just fantastic. So pretty cool. It's one of the best opening days I've ever been to. It was neat, man. It, it really was. And how how rare is it? And just kind of focusing on, on 
Albert, right, for for a second of, of him coming back. You know how many families have told their young children stories about Albert Pujols, about this great number five. It's like, yeah, it, the, the guy in Anaheim, that's still him, but it was different here. Like, you got a chance to tell those stories again, but with him in that uniform. Like, it, it's just it just everything came full circle today with Albert back in the fold and, and those guys doing it. And and just flipping it to the game, uh, but, but you know, I guess adding some of the ceremony stuff in. So Adam and Yachty doing that stuff before the game, generally uncomfortable with something like that. I thought it was special. I was right there with you. The crowd went crazy. I absolutely loved it. I'll tell you what, you picked the right guy to be starting on an opening day because a lot of guys can't handle the routine getting thrown off. And the routine got thrown off even more with having Adam being a part of that ceremony early. But he came in locked and loaded early in this ball game. It looked really good. I mean, six strong, punched out six, got six outs on the ground. I thought Adam was uh, as good as he possibly could have been on opening day. Yeah, I thought he was great. And that was my concern, like emotionally, you know, trying to get focused on the task at hand and winning the game. And they were able to do that. I thought Albert was really close on a couple of swings. He looks good. He And I mentioned this to Jimmy yesterday during the telecast. He's in a crouch that I think is back to where he was a few years ago. It doesn't look like the body is bothering him as much, maybe. And, and maybe I'm reading too much into it. Or maybe it's just because he's back in a Cardinal uniform and it looks right. Uh-huh. Which, which very well could be the case. But... Uh, I thought his swings looked good, man, and uh, it, to to the point that if we're just talking about him facing lefties, I, I could see him facing some righties too, especially if he gets locked in as, as we go along here. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. And uh, not that BP is the best ever, you know, litmus test of what a guy is going to look like, but his rounds have looked good. He's driving the ball all over the place. He's still got that legit power. And I, I still believe that he'll see the bulk of his work against the lefties. But if he gets that start, let's say Goldie has an off day, Albert gets uh, gets the reps, and it's against a righty, and he has a good day, Ollie is very likely to put him in there the next day against a righty, you know, in that DH spot. Because he's one of those guys, like, the numbers are what the numbers are, but that guy's just different. If that guy gets on a hot streak, I'm going to let him ride it out. So he ends up going 0 for on opening day yesterday, 0 for 5. I'm with you. He was close on a couple. Uh, But a few guys showed up pretty darn big offensively. And Tyler O'Neill, you mentioned him off the top. He drove in five. Hey, Tyler's picking up where he left off. This is a a guy that had a breakout season last year. Nobody around baseball was talking about Tyler O'Neill outside of St. Louis. Nobody talked about, you know, where this guy could land, what he could do, the skill set that he had, and he showed it off. I mean, he hit for average last year, 286, hit 34 home runs, and he missed time as well. And today he comes into the ball game. He ends up going two for three. He drives in five, the big three-run home run. And what I liked about it, Dan, was the fact that he drove in runs in different ways. It was the RBI single up the middle uh, today off the second baseman. He had the big home run. And then he also had a sack fly to right field. And you could tell him that at bat late that drove in Dylan Carlson. He was trying to go that way and trying to get the ball in the air to drive in a run, Ollie has got to love what he's seeing. I think what he's going to love, Tyler O'Neill might be in the best position of any hitter in baseball, sandwiched between Goldie and Arenado. 
and it was clear they were trying to pitch around our uh, Goldie. I mean, he didn't have much to hit, and he didn't. and so, and he's the kind of guy as we saw a couple years ago when he didn't have a lot around him. He's just not going to expand the zone. So Tyler O'Neill is going to have a chance to come up with runners on a lot, and probably Nolan Arnato as well. So that's something to keep in mind moving forward. And when you finally, I don't know about you, Brad, when you finally saw the lineup and it had Goldie, O'Neill, Arenado, Albert Pujols, Paul DeYoung, I mean, it's it's a lineup that is a lot better than maybe we would have given it credit for at the end of spring training, at least for me. I mean, once I saw it, like, here we go, I, I thought, boy, oh boy, this is, this is a pretty good lineup. I think so, too. And uh, look, I, I've been very confident in the group that they've rolled out for a while. But we all know this the last two plus years, Dan, this offense overall has underperformed. And the year coming in this year, it, it can't. It, it just can't. It can't underperform this year. So to come out in their first game, score nine runs, uh, get a, a little bit from top to bottom. Because you look at the bottom, you look at eight, nine in the lineup. Harrison Bader, uh, you know, he gets two hits. He had that double down the line. He scored two runs. Tommy Edmond, who we spent plenty of time talking about, had a rough spring, only went two for the entire spring training. It was not great. He gets himself a pitch up in the zone. He drives a ball out of the ballpark. Like, it was good to see that production at the back end of it as well. I think that your pivotal parts in this lineup, Dan, if it's going to look like it is today, it's going to be 5-6. It's going to be, you know, that DH spot, whether it be Albert or Dickerson and Paul DeYoung. Like, what do those guys do? To me, those are two pivotal pieces of is this offense going to be good or is this offense going to be great? What do you think? Yeah, I'm with you, and DeYoung, to me, is going to be just fine. I saw enough in spring training, and I understand that you don't take too much out of spring or September, but I do think he's going to be fine. The other thing that I I think of, too, is that Edmund got that from the right side. That's a good sign because, you know, if there's struggles with him being a switch hitter, it's him from the right side of the plate. The other thing I noticed with the game, too, was the defense. And you had three double plays. You had to strike him out, throw him out. You had a 6-4-3 and a 4-6-3, and you had a diving catch from Harrison Bader early on. That just tells you, don't walk anybody. Try. I mean, I know no one's trying to walk anybody, but the premium idea of going into the season with this pitching staff is put. let them put the ball in play. Strikeouts are great. Let them put it in play, and this defense is going to come through, and that's just a carryover of, again, what we saw a year ago. Well, to me, let strikeouts be a product of your great approach, okay? Like, you're going after the hitter, and then the strikeout just comes. All too often, I've used him as a reference before, because I think early in his career, Jack Flaherty tried to strike out everybody from pitch number one, and we all realized that that's impossible. As he started progressing a little bit, and we saw it a lot more in in his historic second half in, in 2019, he was attacking with his fastball, attacking with the slider in the zone. And then if he got to two strikes, he would end up burying you. That's how I see the rest of this rotation being. You, you have Michaelis going on Saturday. You got Steven Matz, both guys that have sinkers. We've got Dakota Hudson. We, you, you've got Jordan Hicks, who, Dan, I don't think that he falls into your typical sinker baller category due to the <laughs> fact that he tickles 105 miles an hour. But he gets a lot of weak contact, and he gets a ton of ground balls. 
it is it's one of those things if you give up a free pass with this defense behind you kind of shame on you we saw it a couple times today actually from adam wainwright when he fell behind in the count and one of them uh was uh, a deep drive to center field that harrison had to go way back on but wayno said you know forget this hit it see how far you hit this thing i got guys out there that can get the job done and that's exactly what happened so two more things, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, Michaelis is going on Saturday. Really good spring, three and zero. Last time out was up to six innings. If you know, I guess when you look at this rotation, and I'm going to get the second part of this was Jordan Hicks. Last time we visited, uh, he had not been officially named the number five. But Michaelis, if he can stay healthy, I expect big things, and I love the idea of Hicks going to be the number five starter. So those two things. What do you think? Yeah, look, with Michaelis, and you know, maybe I'm taking this a little bit too far, but I, I don't know if I am. Uh, I think that Miles Michaelis could absolutely win Comeback Player of the Year this year. I, I think that he can make that sort of an impact and, and get you near that 200-inning mark. And I think that he can get you near that mark because of what we were just talking about a minute ago. The fact that he has stuff, he's hard to barrel up, and he throws a lot of strikes. When he's at his best, he's not walking anybody. He's letting the defense do the work. If he gets the two strikes, he can end up burying you. But I think he's going to have a really good year. The last couple of years have been frustrating. And for fans, you look at it and say, all right, well, you signed this guy to an extension. He's been injured. He's making all this money. Look, I promise you, the money doesn't make it feel better to him that he's only made nine starts in the last two years. He wants to be out there all of the time. And he's got a chance to prove it this year. He's got a chance to prove that he can stay healthy and he can help out this ball club. So I am very high on Miles Michaelis. I like the stuff that he has. I like the way that he approaches it. I I like his demeanor out on the mound. And uh, I think it's going to be a very big season for Miles Michaelis. When it comes to Jordan Hicks, nobody else grabbed a hold of that job, right? Drew Verhagen was a guy that the Cardinals kind of expected to take that job, I think. Woodford had a good spring, but nobody like blew the doors off it where you say, okay, well, this guy has to be my number five starter. This makes sense on so many different levels. For Jordan Hicks, the idea of keeping him healthy Well, that's a pretty big idea to have. And just a reminder to a lot of Cardinal fans, Jordan Hicks didn't pitch out of the pen until he got to the big leagues. This guy was a starter in the minor leagues, so he's been used to pitching on a schedule. And he believes, and the organization believes, that having that built-in rest in between starts is going to keep him healthy. Now, it's not going to look like a prototypical starter, at least early on, right, Dan? I mean, it's going to be two innings the first time. Maybe, you know, all he said, it also won't look like a prototypical opener either. It's not going to be one inning a clip. But uh, you think about trying to build a lineup against him, Dan. If, you, if you're the opposition, if you're the manager, and you're saying, okay, well, we got Jordan Hicks for two, could be three, maybe even more as the season progresses, and then they're going to flip over their bullpen, that's not an easy thing to build a lineup to protect uh, or, or to protect against. So uh, I love it, man. I, I think it's going to work, and I believe that he'll be in that rotation throughout the season. I do too, and uh, maybe it's a better way to protect him health-wise uh, moving forward as well. All right, buddy. This was fun as always. We'll catch up uh, early next week. Cardinals have an off day today, and then they'll play the Pirates Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And then we'll uh, wrap up the homestand, and then you and I will be in Milwaukee uh, coming up this time next week. Oh, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to that, too, because everybody believes this division is going to come down to the Cardinals, to the Brewers. So we'll see how it shakes out, but uh, we know how tough their pitching is. But I got a feeling this Cardinal team is going to give them 
a, a run for their money for sure. I got a feeling you're going to be at Potawatomi. Uh, I'm just saying. Oh, I do like me Potawatomi. I'll sit there and play poker most of the evening yeah. if you let me. That's how you prep. Um, That's right. That a boy. That's my guy. That's Brad Thompson. I'm Danny Mack. This is 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Redbird Report podcast with the TV voice of the cards, Danny Mack, and cards World Series champion Brad Thompson on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.